the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. St. Petersburg. Whether it's palm trees or plumerias, nothing says Florida paradise like tropical plants and trees. Unfortunately, nothing says paradise lost like seeing those beautiful blooms wither. WTDN welcomes you to Janae's Tropicals, the program that helps you get your green thumb back for good. You can find Janae's Tropicals online at tropicalfruit.com. And now your host for Janae's Tropicals, here's Janae. Good morning. What a beautiful Saturday morning. My name is Janae, and I'm with Janae's Tropicals at 6831 Central Avenue in St. Petersburg. And I have been in the tropical fruit business for, oh, wow, gosh, almost 24 years. And it is so much fun. And you can come visit me. My phone is 727-344-1668. And uh, we are just right down the street from the beautiful Treasure Island Beach. So you can make it a, make a day out of it. Come see me and then... Go to the beach. So I, I have one of my um, fi- favorite Bible verses amongst m- many of them is Genesis 2 through 9. And it reads, out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every fruit, tr- every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. And I just love that. And this is my business. This is my life. And I just I love specializing in the, the tropical fruit trees. And uh, citrus and orchard trees. And, you know, there are just so many wonderful edibles that you can you can grow in Florida. We're we're like our own tropical paradise. Just so many edibles. And And that includes people in the south, central Florida and north Florida. So with a little guidance, which I am here to give you. Again, there's just so many things you can grow, and you can live off your land, um, say to speak. And there's just nothing like walking out your front door or back door and walking out to your favorite orange tree and picking a few fruit or picking a few fruit, uh, grapefruit for breakfast. Or um, this time of the year, uh, um, gosh, what's ripening this time? There's a lot of things. Actually, right now, there are so many fruit trees coming into flower, and um, there's citrus trees. There's the mango trees, avocado trees, uh, blueberries. It, it just goes on and on and on, and um, it, it the fragrance is heavenly. So, but anyway, so today I'm going to uh, touch upon a few fruit trees and, and answer a few questions, like universal questions that people come into my nursery and ask me. Um, I try to pick the ones that most people are, are going through at the same time. Um, and then also, you know, we're coming toward Easter. And it's just a, it's such a wonderful time as we, we celebrate the, the reg- resurrection of Jesus. 
and uh, it's it's great. And people love to give gifts like hydrangeas and Easter lilies and gardenias. And um, so that'll be a fun topic, too. As a matter of fact, why don't we start with that first? So um, how many of you know what hydrangeas are? Probably most people. They're those beautiful uh, potted plants that have big either pink balls on them or big uh, um, uh, blue-colored blossoms. Uh, Sometimes you find white or purple or a combination. And they just make the most beautiful gifts. So you see them a lot at Easter time. You see them around um, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Hydrangeas are are just so fun. And the the neat thing about those is when you're you're through enjoying them um, for, or when they're out of flower, you don't have to throw them out um, like, like some people may think. They can actually go on flowering and growing for many, many years. So um, generally, as I said, uh, you you can get them with a big, big ball of pink flowers or blue flowers. Those are the most um, common colors, the blues and the pinks. And um, and you know what is really, really cool about the hydrangeas? You can change the flower color. And uh, that that's how the uh, the growers do it. They can they can choose whether they want the uh, the big um, balls of flowers to be either blue or purple or green. And um, it's actually easiest um, to uh, go from a pink flower to a blue flower. And uh, the the way that you can um, change the flower color is by using aluminum sulfate. Um, in general, in general um, hydrangea is like a very low pH, like around 5.5 to around 6. And um, <clears throat> so if, if you start out pink, just by m- make sure it's always good to test your soil. And plus, if you keep the hydrangea in a container, you can cro- control the alkalinity or acidity a lot better if you keep it potted. Um, and then you can c- control the moisture a lot better as well. But um, <clears throat> just by if you start out with a pink one, if somebody gives you this beautiful pink hydrangea and you enjoy it and you snip off all the blooms and then down the road it comes into flower again and they're coming out pinkish and you think, oh, I would like to change that color to blue. Well, you need to go to your local nursery or come see me at Janae's Tropicals and get yourself a little bag of aluminum sulfate and if you just sprinkle it on the soil at the rate of like two teaspoons per six inch container you can uh, change the color of your hydrangea i think that is so fun they're such a fun plant and then also i mean you can put it in the ground they will grow oh i would say about uh like four feet high and four feet hot wide um, and they, they make a beautiful, beautiful um, bush. And uh, most people think that they need to take heavy shade, but actually if you keep them in heavy shade, the uh, big clusters of flowers may not come out uh, very strong and large. So it's best to give them some sun. Uh, what you could try in the morning for, um, oh, I would say the first five hours in the day, Give them sun, and then uh, partial partial in the afternoon would be um, 
that would be just fine for them. And they like good moisture. They don't need to be soaking, soaking wet, but um, but just keep them moist. If they're dry, they will tell you they're dry. The, the poor leaves will just collapse. And then lo and behold, you give them a good drink, they'll perk back up again. However, you do not, you don't want to, to, um, to let the plant get dry and then water and then let it dry out and then water it. That, that really, really stresses the plant and plus it kills off cells and you, you don't want to do that. It's good to give it consistent moisture and your plant will do much better. So anyway, so next time you get a beautiful hydrangea around the holidays and um, after it's through blooming, just snip it back, trim it back a little bit and put it into a larger container or put it in the ground and, and you can actually enjoy it for many, many years. Also, um, coffee grounds are really great to put around the base of uh, the hydrangea and that'll help uh, intensify the blue color as well. So, and, and, and uh, let's see, in the past I've talked about your NPK, your nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium. Well, um, also with hydrangeas, you want to avoid a very high mi- uh, middle number, which is your phosphorus, um, which includes bone meal too. So uh, fairly low nitrogen, low phosphorus, but high in potassium. So, and again, you can go naturally with coffee grounds. And you will have big, beautiful hydrangeas before you know it. So, and then one of, one of my other favorites, especially around this time of the year, are the gardenias. Right now, the gardenias are, they well, they should be in, in full bud and just barely starting to open. And uh, what, when, when I walk through the garden center at Janae's Tropicals, I mean, the, the scent is just heavenly. I have gardenias strategically placed throughout the nursery. So when, when we get a nice little breeze, um, the, the fragrance is just intoxicating. A good intoxication, gardenias. <laughs> there you have it. And it's just so fun. And, and this sounds corny. This sounds really corny. But you need to stop and smell the flowers and enjoy your garden and enjoy your gardenias and your roses and your plumerias. It, there's just so many wonderful, fragrant flowers that you can, you can enjoy and put in your yard. So gardenias, are, are overall, they're, they're pretty easy to grow. Um, this time of the year, I, I have a lot of people ask me what, what could be on their gardenia. Like if you see a, a black soot, um, it's, it's a, it looks like dirt. It does rub off. And they're like, what is that? My, my poor gardenia plant is loaded with this soot. Well, the soot is a, a mildew or mold that grows on the residue left by an insect. So gardenias, however, they're easy to grow, but they can get um, uh, little thrips and aphids and a green soft scale that um, if you see that soot, flip up your leaves, look underneath your leaves, and you may see um, a brown uh, raised um, soft, um, almost like a half circle, or it could be green or brown, but if you if you rub it off with your finger, you'll see. This is gross, but you'll see, like, the guts. <laughs> you'll know it's an insect. I just love my job, by the way. So, <laughs> anyway, 
There you have it. The soot means a secondary problem. That's a telltale sign. If you see that, you have an insect on your gardenia. And you really need to take care of it because you don't want it to uh, cause your flower buds to drop. And um, that, that can, if you have an infestation, that can have an effect on your flowers. Um, also, the gardenias um, can get thrips, which is a little tiny bug, and it makes its way into the bud of the gardenia. And it'll cause your buds to drop. And that's very disheartening because it can just... It can just ruin your bush. So um, if, if you see any evidence of um, aphids or thrips, or, and they congregate around the flower bud and in it, if, if your buds look like they've been chewed a little, just um, sacrifice one, pick it off, unroll it, open up the flower bud, and see if um, any of your, um, any of the petals, although they would be premature, but see if any of them have modeling or or if um or a little browning inside and most likely you have a thrip inside and there are things you can use on that like um probably the best thing is a, a systemic insecticide there are many brands but um and that's also good as a preventative if you sprinkle a little um oh, I don't know dicyston or there are other types of systemic insecticides you can um, sprinkle it in the pot or in the ground, and the plant will absorb it through its root system and into the system of the plant. So it, it's a good preventative um, to keep off your thrips and your aphids and your scale. It's just an easy way to keep your plant really clean. So the healthier the, the plant, the better, and it should just bloom and thrive. Um also, I, uh, people frequently ask me, um, why are my gardenia leaves um, yellow but they, and they have green veins? What's going on there? I've fertilized it and fertilized it, but it, they still have, um, they're yellow with green veins, the leaves. So generally, um, <clears throat> I tell them this is a very common problem. Um, it's an iron deficiency, and that can be easily treated with liquid iron, which you can you can buy in like again under different brand names. <clears throat> you can um, you can buy like a oh, an eight or sixteen ounce container and you just dilute it with water, and you use it as a foliar spray, and your leaves will absorb it, and that'll quickly green them up. Also, ironite is really great to sprinkle around at the base, and that that uh, adds a little sulfur, lowers the pH, and that corrects iron deficiencies. So if you want big, beautiful, um, healthy, fragrant buds, just keep your plant in good health. And then I always recommend to people, if you're just not sure what's going on, um, put a few leaves in a baggie and uh, bring them into the nursery, and I'll be happy to look at them and see what's going on. You know, and I can, I can, I'm pretty good at uh, diagnosing. So bring me your bugs, your fungus, <laughs> uh, your caterpillars and worms. Just bring them all, and, and um, I can help you troubleshoot because I want your gardening to be successful. Again, I'm Janae with Janae's Tropicals, and my website is tropicalfruit.com, and uh, we have a, a pretty cool website with a lot of good information on there. We also have a shopping cart, but... I would love you to uh, come visit me. So we're at 6831 Central Avenue in St. Petersburg. 
we're right before Treasure Island Beach. So we're not on the beach, just before it. So my phone is 727-344-1668. So, and today's Saturday. So actually, it's a just such a great day. Um, load the kids up and uh, hop in your car and take a drive on over and see me. We have all kinds of fun tropical fruits, uh, fruit trees. Uh, mango trees, avocado trees, a whole range of citrus, mulberries, which should bring back childhood memories. We have a, a great selection of mulberry trees. Uh, lychee nuts, longans, white sapote, mames. Uh, really, Florida is just such a, a, it's like its own little tropical paradise. There's just so many wonderful things you can grow here. So um, you're listening to Tampa Bay's Christian Talk, AM 570 and 910 WTBN. So, and it is fun to be here. I always enjoy recording in the studio. So, a lot of fun. Also, let's see. Let's, uh, let, why don't we touch upon uh, mango trees? I know I've talked of them before, but um, right now the mangoes are just in full bloom. And... You know, I would say nine out of people just love mang- the mango fruit. And then you have that um, that small percentage that do not like them. Well, I can tell you, if, if you have only tried mangoes that you buy in a supermarket, you're missing out. Um, generally... The, uh, the fruit that ends up in the market has a long shelf life, and it may be a little fibrous, so it, it, it ships well and doesn't bruise easily, and it'll last a long time. However, there are so many just wonderful hybrids that you can grow in your own backyard that are superior. And once you've, you've tasted one off of your own tree, you will never be satisfied with um, one from the market. And there's just so many wonderful varieties. And uh, I, I might also add, not all mango trees get, like, monstrously big. Um, many trees do reach 50, 60 feet. And then there are some that are considered semi-dwarfs. They may reach 18 to 20 feet. And the trees are generally very dense and very pretty. And if you're very limited in space, there are the dwarf trees. And uh, the dwarf trees range anywhere from, like, 8 to 10 feet. And then also, I mean, you can even even prune them back once a year or every couple of years, give them a, a nice haircut. Um, so there are, and then also the fruit size varies. There are there are fruits that may range uh, reach three quarters of a pound all the way to um, five pounds. So <laughs> it's it's really a five pounder. For some people, it could make like. Three meals, however, I'm like one of those people. I, I'm not happy till the whole thing's gone. <laughs> so I have to sit there and eat it all and enjoy it when nobody else is around. <laughs> They're so good. Um, anyway, I might add, we have a, a tropical fruit tasting at the nursery. It's July, It's always the third weekend in July, and I try to have it at the same time so people... When we hit that season, they they start calling and looking for the ads. And at that time, there are so many different fruits, including many varieties of mangoes that are ripe. And we bring in probably 
On the average, like 20 different varieties. Um, we bring the fruit in, we chop it up, and we invite the public. Everyone come. Come and eat and try different varieties of mangoes and other tropical fruits. So, And it, it's it's pretty amazing. There are some, like, like for instance, the Valencia Pride. I actually have a mature tree on the property. And the fruit is huge. It must be 12 inches long on the average. And they they range they average about four pounds per fruit, and and they're so good, and they look like these giant oblong Christmas ornaments hanging from the tree. So um, and there's a lot of lot of great varieties, um, and then you the uh, besides that, I mean, there's Alfonso, there's East Indian, Philippine, uh, Southern Blush, the variety uh, worldwide. There are probably well over a thousand different varieties. Um, each country has their own specific types of mangoes. The Indian mangoes vary uh, very differently from the Vietnamese and Thai mangoes. And then the mangoes in the islands, I mean, they're totally different. And then we have varieties of mangoes that were hybridized here. And it's just amazing the, the variety and variation of the fruits. But... Um, most people prefer a, a small to medium tree. Um, there are several varieties of medium trees, like the Nam Doc Mai, which is just fabulous. It, and plus it bloom. It has several bloom spurts, so it the season is extended, which is nice. So the more mangoes, the better, and over a long period of time is great. The, the Nam Doc Mai is fiberless. It's real smooth, a little coconutty. And uh, the the tree gets about eighteen to twenty feet. It's just a great variety. And then there is, uh, let's see, the new one they're calling Miracle Mango. The Shokanon is fabulous. That that's a very small tree and puts out several sets of fruit, which is wonderful. Malika is from India. That one is just one of my favorites. It's a small tree, but really big, deeply uh, orange fleshed fruit, and very very sweet. No fiber. And, you know, the, the, the majority of the varieties you can grow in your backyard are fiber, fiberless. They're not stringy whatsoever and uh, very juicy and just a fabulous uh, flavor. There are also uh, quite a few dwarf varieties of mangoes. Um, you have the Julie, which most people know. Most people from Trinidad and the islands, they call it St. Julian or Julie. Very, very small, petite tree. Uh, smaller fruit, but has an, an excellent, excellent flavor. And then you have um, the Pickering, which is a newer variety. That one's um, from India. Um, sturdy little tree, great producer. And it, it, that one might reach about 10 feet. And there's Cogshall, which is a good size, um, long uh, red and green mango. And the tree grows to about 10 feet. It, it's a very dense little tree, and it, it actually holds up pretty well to the cold. Um, some hold up better than others. And let's see. Oh, and then there's a, a newer one. It's been out probably two, three years. It's called Tebow, after the famous football player, um, Tebow. And, uh, again, that's a sturdy little tree and, and just a wonderful fruit. So uh, whether you whether you want a large, medium, or, or very um, large-growing tree or a very small tree, uh, there, there's just so much to choose from uh, with mangoes. And right as I said earlier, right now the trees are in full bloom. 
So uh, it's a good idea to keep any grass fertilizer away from the base because of the high nitrogen content. So if you're feeding your grass in the vicinity of your mango, keep it away from the base because you don't want your bloom spikes to dry up and fall off. That's very, very important. And then also the bloom spikes can get a little powdery mildew on them if they start turning gray and drying up. Um, if you can, try to pick some of the old bloom spikes off, and it should rebloom again. And then also um, uh, extra uh, potassium is great for your mango this time of the year to ensure a, a really good crop. And then it's very dry out now, so I always recommend to people that they um, increase your watering at least um, uh, once, yeah, at least once a week in addition to what you normally water. And then also um, uh, when your fruit um, uh, splitting can, can be a problem from time to time, and the way to avoid fruit split on your mango tree is consistent watering through the year. So when we get a lot of rain, your tree will be used to it, and uh, your fruit won't split. And what happens is when we get water, the fruit grows so quickly, like when we get an abundance of rain while the tree has fruit on it, your, your fruit grows so quickly that the skin can't compensate and the fruit splits. So the way to avoid that is just consistent watering through the year. So my name is Janae with Janae's Tropicals. And gosh, I wanted to talk about planting your own papaya seeds and, and about avocados. And there's just so much to talk about. So come see me. I'm in St. Petersburg. My name is Janae with Janae's Tropicals. I'm at... 6831 Central Avenue in St. Pete, and you can find me at tropicalfruit.com. Have a wonderful, blessed day. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.